0: KPBS On Demand is supported by UC San Diego Art Power is presenting Indian fusion band Red Bharat, mixing Indian bhangra rhythms, hip-hop, and funk music, March 23rd at the Epstein Family Amphitheater. Tickets and information about upcoming concerts and events at artpower.ucsd.edu.
1: Good morning. I'm Annika Colbert. It's Friday, April 15th. What would happen with unlimited density? More on that next, but first, let's do the headlines. The final results are in for the 80th Assembly District race. Democrats Georgia Gomez and David Alvarez both had about 38% of the vote. Now they're headed for a runoff in early June. The winner in June will fill the seat through the end of the year, which is the remainder of the term. The seat had previously been held by former Assembly member Lorena Gonzalez. Gomez and Alvarez will also be on the June ballot a second time in a primary race for that same seats next term, which starts in 2023. An Oceanside-based finance company will pay more than $900,000 to settle allegations that it was illegally leasing dogs in Massachusetts. Leasing a dog is much like leasing a car. The consumer makes monthly payments plus an additional payment at the end of the lease to ultimately own the dog. Missed payments can result in the dog being repossessed. As part of the settlement announced on Wednesday, Monterey Financial Services LLC will have to stop collecting on active leases pay restitution to consumers and fees to the state they'll also have to transfer full ownership of the dogs to massachusetts residents leasing dogs is illegal there the San Diego Padres had their home opener against the Atlanta Braves last night. They beat the Braves 12-1. to Downtown businesses welcomed the crowds that the game brought in. Alex Rodriguez is the owner of El Puerto Seafood by the ball field.
0: It's one of our biggest days of the year for us.
1: He says with baseball's recent lockout, he wasn't sure if the home opener would come this year. From KPBS, you're listening to San Diego News Now. Stay with me for more of the local news you need. A year and a half ago, San Diego started a radical experiment with housing policy. It approved Complete Communities, a program that allows developers to build apartments near public transit with unlimited density and unlimited height. In exchange, they have to set aside a greater share of their homes as affordable housing. KPBS Metro reporter Andrew Bowen says the program is showing results and sparking opposition.
2: Construction is just getting started at 901 West Washington Street in Mission Hills. This is where Sohail Nakshab is building 54 studio apartments. They'll be compact, he says, like a Swiss army knife. We have built-in sofa that transitions and becomes a bed. We have tables that come out of the wall. Knockshop is using Complete Communities, a program that lets developers build as many apartments as will fit on a given lot, with no limits on density or height, Instead, the limit is on floor space, meaning the taller the building, the more slender it has to be. It's a new approach to housing that encourages smaller, less expensive homes, and if the goal was to get more housing built, early results show it's working. If Naksha were to build according to the site's official zoning, his project would shrink from 54 homes to 9, and the five low- and middle-income affordable homes in his project would be gone.
1: Think about it. If it's only 9 units, and I'm already into the land for two million dollars. I have to build super high-end luxury just to recover my initial basis into the property. So these are not going to be rentals, it's just going to be super bougie units. That doesn't really add value to our community. It doesn't
2: activate our community. Unlimited height might conjure images of skyscrapers, but most, if not all, the Complete Communities projects are around eight stories or less, Nakshab says high-rises trigger expensive building code requirements that don't make economic sense.
1: Specifically with these urban infill sites that are so small, it consumes so much of the footprint that you're not really able to find the sweet spot of maximizing the dwelling units that you're trying to achieve, which is the goal for everybody, is create more dwelling units.
2: shops project is one of four apartment buildings that's been approved under Complete Communities. Another ten projects are pending approval, and more are popping up every month. Altogether, the program has tripled the number of homes that would normally be allowed on those sites.
3: We will have some um, on-grade parking, and then we'll have a little bit of below-grade parking.
2: Another project using Complete Communities is Shoreline. It's 100% affordable, low-income housing, mostly two and three bedrooms, right by the Grantville Trolley Station. Marie Allen of Affirmed Housing says it wasn't unlimited height or density that attracted her to Complete Communities. It was relief from development impact fees. The program gives a steep discount on those fees for affordable housing. Allen says that saved the project about a million dollars, which helped immensely when applying for affordable housing tax credits.
3: The savings that Complete Communities provided meant that we needed less subsidy from the state, and the less subsidy we asked for from the state The more competitive we are. And if we're not competitive, then we have to wait another six, nine months to apply again.
2: Complete Communities is designed to be resistant to neighborhood opposition, letting projects bypass the planning commission and city council and get approval directly from city staffers. But that opposition hasn't gone away.
1: I'm extremely opposed to this building. This is just way too much, too big. A
2: seven-story building will... Stand out insufficient parking
3: and what is the community getting out of this
2: that was nicole phillips kim emerson blake Thomyer, and francis pritchett speaking at a recent meeting of the normal heights community planning group They're all opposed to a 175-unit apartment building proposed on Adams Avenue. The developer intends to use complete communities to build more than six times the zoned density and more than double the height. Resident Adam Deutsch sums it up.
4: This project simply doesn't fit the community
2: plan. Still, the community plan for Normal Heights hasn't been updated in a quarter century. And in a housing market where scarcity is driving steep inflation in home prices and rents, Complete Communities is proving extremely effective at getting a lot more housing built fast. Andrew Bowen, KPBS News.
1: The city of San Diego and the county planning agency, SanDAG, are working on a new plan that would connect public transit to the airport. The first step would be a new transit station at the Port of San Diego headquarters on Pacific Highway. That project would include an automated people mover to passenger terminals. Mayor Todd Gloria spoke about the timeline with KPBS Midday Edition. You
4: know, we think that with the right plan, we can get that uh, done relatively soon, recognizing that projects of this size often take decades. We hope to do this in a matter of years.
1: A second, more ambitious project would feature a Grand Central Station at the current Civic Center complex that includes City Hall. Reactions are coming in to new procedures on investigating deadly shootings by local law enforcement officers. Law enforcement agencies in the county will no longer investigate their own officers in these shootings. KPBS's John Carroll reports two major oversight groups say no one told them the change was coming.
4: The new protocol will have the San Diego Sheriff's Department investigating all deadly officer-involved shootings in the county, and San Diego PD will investigate deadly shootings involving sheriff's deputies. If both SDPD officers and sheriff's deputies are involved, the investigation will be handled by Chula Vista PD. KPBS spoke with the heads of both the Citizens Law Enforcement Review Board and the Commission on Police Practices. CLERB oversees deputy shootings, and the CPP does the same in San Diego. CPP Chairman Brandon Hilpert says he learned of the change while listening to KPBS. We have
2: uh, usually quarterly meetings with the chief of police and and his staff, and not once uh, have they even given us a heads up that this is coming.
4: The Sheriff's Department says the change doesn't affect their memorandum of understanding with CLERB, and San Diego PD didn't respond to our request for a comment. John Carroll, KPBS News.
1: A second booster shot increases immunity against COVID-19 infection and protects against severe illness and hospitalization. That's the finding of a large study out of Israel. The study focused on people over the age of 60. The results support the CDC recommendation that people over 50 should get an additional booster. Dr. Christian Ramers sits on San Diego County's Vaccine Clinical Advisory Group. He told KPBS Midday Edition that a fourth shot is targeted at older populations and the immunocompromised, but he says everyone can benefit from a third shot.
2: The first booster actually provides even more protection than the second booster relatively. So we get a 90% reduction uh, in, in death from the third booster, or we did at least. And so first of all, we should focus on people who have not gotten their third shot or their first booster. In order to get to those who, who need their second one.
1: Meanwhile, San Diego County has reported the second pediatric death of the pandemic. It was a 15-year-old girl with underlying medical conditions. She had not been vaccinated. The annual harbor dredging project is getting underway in Oceanside. It'll remove a buildup of sand that makes it hard for ships to get in and out safely. The dredged sand will be used to replenish the beaches near the city. Lifeguard Captain Bill Curtis wants residents to be aware and stay safe around the dredge equipment.
4: The big safety concern here is to stay away from the equipment and stay outside the uh, oranged coned off areas.
1: Right now, crews are just laying down the pipes. The actual dredging will start next week. The project is expected to be done before the Memorial Day weekend. Coming up, San Diego Unified has made a multi-million dollar investment in Logan Heights schools. We'll have that story and more next, just after the break. There's an educational transformation happening in Logan Heights right now to bridge the achievement gap for underserved students. San Diego Unified has made a multi-million dollar investment in the historically Hispanic neighborhood near downtown. KPBS education reporter M.G. Perez tells us they're using an unconventional approach to learning.
0: These are the sounds of music in the making. It's not perfect, but it is progress for 7th and 8th grade band members at the new Logan Memorial Educational Campus, better known by its acronym LMEC. LMEC is located in Logan Heights, and several of its budding band students come from the neighborhood's former Logan K-8 and Memorial Prep Middle Schools, which the state had designated in 2019 as two of the lowest-performing schools in California. Now we can teach kids all the way from kindergarten all the way up to high school, by the time the the whole high school's finished. Serafin Paverez is the LMEC band instructor who taught music at Memorial Prep for eight years. That school was closed to make way for the new educational complex that includes classrooms for children in preschool all the way through 12th grade. Paderes is just one part of the equation that equals a new curriculum, new resources, and new opportunities for students who have been underserved for decades. We're hoping to be able to have a mariachi program, a band, an orchestra, hopefully jazz, Latin jazz, something that reflects our community, something that reflects the background of our students. San Diego Unified invested $180 million in taxpayer-funded bond money to demolish the two former schools on the city block between Ocean View Boulevard and Logan Avenue and replace them with state-of-the-art structures, including the first-ever Logan Heights High School. 14-year-old Hector Robles will be part of the LMEC Class of 2026. I feel excited to be a freshman to be the first um, LMC graduate of a high school, to be the first in this new high school building. The lower schools opened virtually last year. This is the first year students are on campus. The high school opens in August. Antonio Villar was the principal of the former Fulton K 8. Now his same position is called Designer of Learning at LMEC. He says there's something else very different about the learning here. As a system, we're really honoring uh, what Maria Montessori showed us about what happens when children are developing and how to better make sure, how to better align our uh, instruction to the particular student. LMEC teachers are using the Montessori method exclusively in the elementary school, starting with a mixed preschool class of three, four, and five-year-olds. Montessori education encourages student independence and creativity with more hands-on learning, and teachers are guides instead of lecturers. Adriana Chavadin Lopez is one of the school's strategy and instruction support officers who helped implement the model, which, until now, has been used only in elite private schools. That's why it was important for us to really focus on using Montessori in Logan Heights, where we are
3: working with children that tend to be marginalized in educational systems, but with that we really
0: want to show that these students are just as capable of as any other children she says it will be at least a year before they have assessment data to see how they're doing in reaching that success. Melanie Cray is the designer of learning for the new high school, which still has construction crews, completing final details before opening in the fall.
3: We're a little bit of a question mark. I think the the feeling among the community is they want to
0: wait and see and make sure that we are really going to do what we say we're going to do. Back at Mr. Pavetis's band practice, The sound of success is already being heard. M.G. Perez, KPBS News.
1: Mesa College now has a new outdoor space that will benefit students and the community. There was a ribbon cutting on Thursday for the grand opening of the Campus Quad, which has been expanded and redesigned. The San Diego Community College District used voter-approved bond money to demolish older buildings and create a wide-open clearing in the heart of the Linda Vista campus. It's the last redevelopment project of many that have refreshed the campus. College president Pam Luster puts it this way.
3: Well, you can imagine in San Diego having an outdoor space to study is everything. And so when we imagined this space, it was a way for us to have students be in the center of campus and to have celebrations and all sorts of wonderful places to celebrate all things that happen at Mesa.
1: The new quad leads to several of the college's support centers. That's where students who are former foster children, military veterans, or facing food or housing insecurity can go for help. And one more before you go, the Old Globe has an ambitious project. It'll present a new two-play adaption of the Henry VI plays next summer, and it's launching a year-long program of citywide arts engagement and humanity events. The Henry VI project launches this weekend. KPBS arts reporter Beth acomando has this preview.
3: William Shakespeare wrote his cycle of Henry VI historical plays when he was in his 20s. The Old Globe's artistic director, Barry Edelstein, says there's something fun about looking at the early work of an accomplished writer. They have a
4: certain kind of show off quality to them. And he was trying to make his reputation as a writer in London. So he he said, watch me do this. Now I'm going to do a battle scene. Now I'm going to have somebody walk in with a decapitated head. And throughout the three plays... You hear the voice of Shakespeare—that amazing, kind of unmistakable, tremendously powerful voice—suddenly peek out. So it's it's fun just to hang out with these plays because we know who this writer is going
3: to become. The plays might be about 15th century England, but Shakespeare's insights still apply today.
4: And it's kind of a cautionary tale about what happens when political power becomes divorced from values. And the answer to what happens is only violence results. And so again and again in the play, these leaders come into power, and all they want is their own self-interest to be served, and violence follows, war, death, chaos on the streets. And it's just a remarkably sobering and insightful and incisive reading of how political power can go awry.
3: Edelstein will be adapting the trilogy into a more manageable pair of plays to be presented at next year's Summer Shakespeare Festival. The Henry plays will mark the Globe's completion of the Bard's Canon, a rare achievement for an American theater company. The Globe will share more information about its Henry VI project at the Happy Birthday Mr. Shakespeare free event on Saturday. Beth Accomando, KPBS News.
1: That's it for the podcast today. As always, you can find more San Diego news online at kpbs.org. This podcast is produced by KPBS senior radio producer Brooke Ruth and me, Annika Colbert. Thanks for listening and have a great day.